Hey guys, thanks for swinging by our podcast today. We hope this message leaves you encouraged and filled with hope and that Christ and His goodness is meeting your every need. Amen. Uh, You can open up to Luke 24. I'll get there in a second. Probably longer than a second. I'm trying not to lie in church anymore. I uh, I told April this week, like, I've wrestled all week. Like, I've been burdened from the Lord, probably more so than I've been in a long time. Um, you know, I feel like I, I try to do my best to pray and to listen to what the Lord wants me to share. I don't, uh, I don't ever want to plan out, I say plan out, like, I know, I know there's things like Christmas and Easter and Pentecost that we're going to do that. But I'm not the guy that plans out his sermons month in advance or months in advance because... I want to hear from the Lord what He's doing right now, okay? And so I'm going to share this morning, and, and this, is, this is what I want to tell you is that, one, I had no clue. Like, I say I had no clue. I have no clue what's going to happen in the week. I have no clue who's going to be here on a Sunday. And, but, I, but, I, but I do know that sometimes the Lord lays stuff on your heart. You think, oh man, Lord, that's a right now word for your people. And uh, this is what I'm believing that the Lord's going to do today, is, is I believe the Lord's going to encourage our hearts this morning. Now, as a church, we've came off several emotional highs, if you will, right? We've came off the celebration of this site opening up, which is a, a big deal. We came off the celebration of the women's conference, where really some women were really, their lives were changed forever. Yeah. We just got out of revival this weekend with Dr. Rob McCorkle. I love you. <laughs> we just got out of revival this week with Dr. Rob. And uh, you going back here, Bob. I felt like the Holy Spirit just wanted me to tell you this morning that even though, and I forgot, yeah, like this is the whole premise. Like we just had Easter too, which <laughs> that's kind of a big deal. But I felt like the Lord wanted me to tell you this morning that he's still resurrected. Yes. Like he's, he's still alive. Yes. He didn't say like, I'm back from the dead. Now I'm going to go back to death. Like he's still alive. And he's seated on his throne interceding for you right now. This is not in the sermon, but, but it, it never ceases to amaze me. I was thinking about this morning during worship that like... Well, let me back this up. Like, and this is rhetorical, and I know it's a stupid question, but how many of y'all ever been through a hard time? Yeah, every hand ought to go up. And if your hand didn't go up, I'm going to ask you after church, what have you done? Because I want to start doing what you're doing. I want to start eating what you're eating, right? I want to start drinking whatever you're drinking. <laughs> like, right before Jesus died, I'm sorry, right before Jesus rose, he he, he gives Peter his charge, and he says, you know, he kind of chastises Peter but he, for, for falling in faith, and he says, get behind me, Satan. But then he, he says this, like shortly thereafter, he says, you know, you're going to be sifted. You're going to go through hard times. But Peter, I'm praying for you. Like, that's what Jesus said. Like, I, it, now, now, I'll be honest, if I was in Peter's shoes, I'd been like, I'm, and, and, and while I, I think there's something to be said of that, the Lord sometimes takes you out, that even if you're in here and you're going through a hard time today, 
I want to say the Lord is praying for you. Now, if there ever was a person who probably would get his prayers answered, I would think that it would be Jesus. He ever lives to make intercession for you. He's always doing this. Give them mercy, Father. Give them grace, Father. Give them mercy. Give them strength. Like he's living to intercede for you right now. So you may feel tired and alone and isolated. And the Lord is saying, "Uh, take heart. I'm praying for you. All right. Now let's look at this. (laughs) Sermon number one. Let's go to number two. (laughs) I don't give three point sermons. I give multiple sermons. All right, this is going to be a lot of scripture, but there's a, there's a whole lot in here. So, so look at Luke 24, very familiar passage, I'm sure, to a lot of you. <clears throat> but I'm praying that the Lord breathes on this fresh this morning. Starting with verse 13, it says, And behold, two of them were going that very day to a village named Emmaus, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things which had taken place. So this is immediately after Jesus had been crucified. All right. That's where this has taken place. And while they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself approached them and began traveling with them. But their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. And he said to them, what are these words that you're exchanging with one another as you are walking? And they did the only still looking sad. One of them answered and said to him, Are you the only one visiting are you the only one visiting Jerusalem unaware of the things which would have happened here in these days? He's like, Have you been living under a rock? <laughs> and he said to them, Jesus speaking, What things? And he said to him, the things about Jesus the Nazarene, who was a prophet mighty in deed and in word in the sight of God and all the people, and how the chief of priests and our rulers delivered him to the sentence of death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was, that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. They're really disappointed right here. Which help me understand, sometimes the Lord shows up in a way that you didn't necessarily want Him to show up in, right? Or situations turn out differently than you had hoped. They thought He was going to overthrow the government. He did. He did it by surrendering His life, not... But anyway. Indeed, besides all this, it's the third day since these things happened, but also... Some women among us amazed us when they were at the tomb early in the morning and they did not find his body. They came saying that they'd also seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of these who were with us went to the tomb and found out it was just exactly as the women had also said, but, but him they did not see. And he said, O foolish men and slow, I love how Jesus talks sometimes, 
O foolish man, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. And they approached the village where they were going, and he acted as if though he were going further. But they urged him, saying, Stay with us, for it's getting toward evening, and the day is nearly over. So he went in to stay with them, and when he had reclined at the table to serve them, he took the bread and blessed it, and breaking it, and he began giving it to them. Now, he's been with them all day, and they still don't know who he is. Goodness. Then, verse 31, their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. They said to one another, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road? And while he was explaining the scriptures to us? And they got up at that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found gathered together the eleven of those who were saying, The Lord has really risen. And they began to relate their experiences on the road and how he was recognized by them in the breaking of the bread. So Jesus, help. Help, Lord. Pierce hearts with your word this morning. Let us leave looking more like you. Let us have more wisdom and understanding. Let us give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation today, Lord. It's in your name we pray. All right, so I felt very strongly of the Lord that, I, again, I needed to encourage you to say he's still resurrected. The, the emotional high of Easter, like Easter is so much more than an Easter story. Like if we're not careful, you've heard me say this before, if we are not careful, we turn the stories into the Bible into just stories. And while they are stories, we don't turn them into realities for us. And he is still risen. And, and, and this is, I, I, and I say this with no anger, no, probably a little frustration. But, but I say this with no anger, and I don't say this to sound cute or to sound silly. Like, as Christians, we have been celebrating Easter for 2,000 years. What has it done to the world? What has it done to the world? And, and while the, the church has moved and the church has grown, like, like, let me say it like this, like what impact is it having on the areas surrounding the church? Let me just say it like that. What impact? Because I, I believe if it became more than a story to us, it would actually usher in cultural transformation. It would actually usher in a revival. And, and, and so I don't want to live as if I celebrate it one day and then I wait for a full year to celebrate it again. For, again, for 2,000 years, we've been saying he's risen. And I want to say, yes, he's risen. But I also want to say that his resurrection is your resurrection. His resurrection is my resurrection. Why? Because I've been crucified with Christ, right? And the 
life that I live now, I no longer live by flesh in the body, but I live by faith in his son. I, and so, boom, I've been crucified. Now, his resurrection is my resurrection, and it's a present tense resurrection. It's a present tense lifestyle. It's a present tense life of knowing he defeated death, hell, and the grave. Yes. <laughs> They're all over today, too, by the way. <laughs> Here's what happens. Sometimes life presents or sometimes life prohibits us from seeing Jesus. That's what's going on in this story. Frustration. These guys, Jesus was died. Jesus was died. Appalachian grammar, sorry. <laughs> Jesus was died, y'all. <laughs> Jesus was dead. And they had just spent the last three years of their life living with him. And they were scared out of their ever-loving minds. Because they were afraid what happened to him was going to happen to them. And so they're like panicked. And so here's Jesus, he, he shows up, and they don't recognize him. And I actually believe that this is a reality for the church today. For people that love Jesus and are genuinely thankful, they've, they've given their life to him, they've surrendered their life to him, but sometimes circumstances in life get so big that we fail to recognize that he's right there in the midst of our lives. All right, look at this, I'm just going to read it. I'm going to read a couple of verses over. Verse 13, it says, And behold, two of them were going out that very day to a village named Emmaus, which was, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about these things which had taken place. And while they were discussing, Jesus himself approached and began traveling with them. But their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. Like this isn't in the notes, but I'll just say this. How do you recognize Jesus? I, I think we need to begin to live a lifestyle of thanksgiving. That's why like when we pray our pre-service prayer, like, like that's why we don't, I'll just be honest, it's a personal conviction. We don't spend a lot of time like, oh God, sin revival. Although there is times for that. I want us to spend most of our time giving him thanks for what he is doing. Because if we can give him thanks for what he is doing, we begin to recognize, we begin to recognize how he moves in our day-to-day -day lives. But if we don't give thanks, what happens oftentimes is we stop seeing how he moves in the little things. So Amen. I'm just going to say it. I saw some of the kids come in. It's three to seven-year-olds, but our eight, nine, 10, 11, you guys can have an encounter with the Lord today too, okay? Just want to say that. And parents, it's okay. All right says they didn't recognize him. This is what's amazing. The word recognize, it means to hold on to, to grab. They didn't hold on to Jesus. They didn't grab Jesus. They didn't seize Jesus. They didn't keep Jesus. And it actually means to have power. Now, so what, what, what does that mean? It means that, that if you do not see Jesus in your day-to-day -day life, you will oftentimes feel powerless. 
Let's phrase it like this. When you have a circumstance happen in your life that's too big for you to handle, something happens in the family, something happens in your finances, something just happens in general, you feel powerless because there's absolutely nothing that you can do on your own to change the situation. That's what that word means. So they didn't have power because they didn't recognize he was there. We understand this, that it's not by might, it's not by spirit, but or it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by his spirit, says the Lord of hosts. So we cannot do anything under our own initiative. It's all because of him. When we don't recognize Jesus, we begin to feel hopeless. When we don't recognize Jesus, we don't have, we, we look for things to grab onto. I can get my satisfaction from here. I can get my satisfaction from there. Like, like, and I don't, I'm not going to list a bunch of stuff, but I think you understand what I'm trying to say. Like, if you do not recognize him, you'll go searching for, like the old song, looking for love in all the wrong places. I'm so sorry, but that's what popped in my head. <laughs> Conway Twitty up in here. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I like what the Lord does too. Like sometimes when it gets heavy, he just has this laugh because it just helps it go down. Imagine the disciples spending three years walking with him. They've seen him turn water into wine. They've seen him cleanse lepers. They saw him heal the sick. They saw him raise the dead. They saw him cast out demons. They saw him do all these amazing things and he's gone. Sometimes it feels like the rug gets pulled out from underneath of you. And you're just grasping at straws. And I think that's what's going on in this story. And I just want to tell you that if you're not careful, you won't recognize Jesus in your day-to-day life. And I believe that if we can learn to recognize him, despite what's going on, despite what we see, what we hear, what we feel, what we experience. I actually believe it will help us transition through whatever that is, if that makes sense. Like, we, we know, like, it's like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He didn't deliver them out of the fire, delivered them through the fire. And they actually, when they left, they didn't smell like smoke. So he can deliver you in, through your circumstances to such a degree that you don't even have stink on you. I want to say this, that even, and by the way, by the backtrack real quick, I want to say this because I feel like the Lord's saying, when you don't recognize the Lord, you know what the tendency is, is that we get angry and frustrated and we actually get mad and agitated at other people and it's like our heart becomes hardened and I want to say we can't afford for that because the Lord doesn't. The Lord doesn't desire that you have a heart of stone, Ezekiel 36. He actually desires to give you a heart of flesh that way you can follow him and, and follow his decrees and you will be his people and he will be your God. So good. All right. So even when you can't recognize him, even when you don't recognize him, does not negate the fact that he is still with you. Amen. Amen. That was better than you responded. But... Even if you can't recognize him, it does not negate the fact that he is still with you. 
says, while they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself approached and began to travel with them. Talking means talking. <laughs> but discussing actually does not mean discussing. <laughs> discussing means they were having a heated discussion. How many y'all ever talked about, like, let's just do this. When finances get tight and you have discussions, do they ever get a little heated sometimes? A little bit, right? Where to hang TVs? Some of you know what that is about. Sometimes, sometimes someone just says, I don't care what you think, we're going to hang them right there. No, but seriously, They're talking and they're arguing with one another. And I think they were arguing because they had lost total sight of Jesus in the midst of their lives. That everything else got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Sometimes we make mountains out of molehills, right? We make mountains out of molehills and the situation gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And Jesus is like, hey, I'm right here. So he comes and he walks up into the situation where they're arguing with one another. Hmm. These guys are just living life. Like, we'll say stuff like that. This is just part of life. Well, what if it doesn't have to be? What if Jesus becomes so big in my heart that when life, I'm not saying your, your life's not going to be perfect. Okay? I'm not going to lie about that. Sometimes it stinks. But what about if it, when it stinks that we're like, we still have a revelation that he's big and he's still good. Amen. Their lives have been tur- turned upside down. And in the midst of it being turned upside down, in the midst of it being turned upside down, says Jesus approached. Which means that he drew near and he came Close. It actually means that. Be like this. Like I'm gonna. If I if I've met Bob, I was like, Hey, buddy, how are you doing today? Oh. <laughs> like like, like <laughs> you feel pretty awkward when I did that. <laughs> I, I felt awkward too. <laughs> means that he drew close spatially, if you will, like Jesus. He has no sense of personal boundaries. And in the midst, in the midst, now he won't, when he gets here, he won't force you to do anything. But he's going to get real close. And when he gets real close, you have the decision to either surrender or keep bumping into him or trying to do that. And it's just jarring. It's just jarring. That's why he says, take my yoke upon you. Right? A yoke, two oxen, and the oxen go together. But if the oxen went different directions, <laughs> right? I mean, it's going to choke them. And so he gets close spatially with them. And, and, and I believe that church, that if we would realize that he's just right there, it says that not only do I want to come close to you spatially, but it says he approached and he began traveling. Traveling means that he just... He went with. And we know these promises. He's promised to never leave nor forsake you. 
And not only is he promising never to leave or forsake, but he wants to walk so close with us. But again, we, when these things become so big, we don't recognize him. And I believe the Lord would just say, you know what? I know some of you feel overwhelmed. I know some of you were really tired and worn out. I know some of you are really frustrated. But take heart for I am with you. Take heart that I'm walking close with you. He, I, I, like, I just think that's absolutely incredible. It's really, really incredible. He's walking with you. <laughs> now some of you are like, well, that's fine. But you don't understand the mess I got. <laughs> he is attracted to your mess. It's like the opposite of what our nature is. Like I, I get around, like, okay, so, so full disclosure, I'm kind of a messy person. <laughs> I like to hide everything in the drawers. I'm fine as long as you don't see it. <laughs> but if you open up my drawer, you better do this, right? <laughs> because something's going to come out at you. But even just day-to-day life, like, like mess stresses people out. Mess stresses people out. Clutter stresses, clutter stresses me out. But again, if I don't see it, it's not there. So <laughs> some of us would better just say, Jesus, take my clutter and you organize it. But anyway. But what happens sometimes is, is that we, we see mess. Or, well, let's, let's make it really practical. Your friend has an issue going on in their marriage or their relationship. Or your friend has an issue going on with their kids. And because it's a messy situation, you go, I don't want to get involved. I want to run as far away from that as I possibly can. And Jesus says, mess. It's like he gets excited for it. Now, it's not an excuse to be like, well, I'm just going to live messy so he keeps drawing close. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm saying, if you have a mess right now in anything in your life, that actually is what qualifies you to have a life-changing encounter with the Lord. Some of, you need, some of you need to hear that. If you have a mess going on right now in your life, whether it's finances, whether it's family, whether, it, what, whether it's jobs, whether it's, it's people, interpersonal relationships, if you have a mess, you might as well have a big fat target on your back because the goodness of God is going to thump you just as soon as he can. I'm just telling you. Listen, and you're like, well, show me that. I'm going to show you that. Look here, I'm going to prove it. These guys are having heated discussions and Jesus draws near and begins to walk with him. Now, again, a few things. He's walking with you right now, and your mess is not too messy for Jesus. All right? Look at Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And, and, and the earth, this is Genesis 1.1. The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of the Lord was moving over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. So here's this, 
Here is this picture, and it said that the earth was formless. Another translation for the earth was formless and void. Formless actually means the earth was filled of wilderness. Some of you feel like you're in a wilderness season right now, that you're all out there isolated, and all hell is coming against you. And then it says, and void, meaning dark, meaning that, that you may feel like that it's like nothing good ever happens. I'm never catching a breakthrough. I'm never catching a break. And everything that's going on around me is dark. Everything that's around me is not good. And it says that, that the Spirit of the Lord was hovering over that. And hovering, it means brooding with anticipation. It's, it's, like, it's, like, it's like the Holy Spirit. And this is what's so neat. It says the Spirit was hovering over the waters. And in verse 3, it says that God spoke. So the Spirit of the Lord is just waiting for the Word of the Lord to be spoken, to bring chaos back into order. That was really good. He's hovering. Brooding. It's... it's it's the same word that you would use like a mother bird feeding its young, that it's waiting over top of them to release the very thing that they need. And so I believe this, that you're like, well, my life's messy. Well, the Spirit of God is just right there with you, waiting with anticipation, waiting with eagerness. Well, I'm frustrated. Someone treated me bad. That's okay. The Spirit of the Lord is waiting with anticipation. I'm having problems with my spouse. That's okay. The Spirit of the Lord is waiting with anticipation. I'm having problems with my kids. That's okay. The Spirit of the Lord is hovering there. He's waiting with anticipation. What's he waiting on? I actually think he's waiting on, on us to begin to declare the word of the Lord. And the only way you can declare the word of the Lord is if you know the word of the Lord. And so, so the very next verse in Genesis 1, it says, and then the Lord said, let there be light. And it was so, and it was good. So I think it's like this. I'm having problems with my finances, God. Lord, you said that I am more valuable than a sparrow. So you're going to take care of our needs, right? Or in the Lord's Prayer, you said, give us this today, our daily bread. So Lord, thank you for my daily bread. Thank you for my daily bread that comes out of heaven. Thank you for my manna, which means what is it? Like sometimes we don't know what it is, but it's just there. And we're thankful when he does send it, right? And when the Lord sends stuff to you, don't be aggravated that it doesn't look like the way you think that it was going to look like. But anyway, or when you're with your kids and you're like, God, they're away from you. They're not serving you. We're having frustrations with them. Then you begin to speak the word of the Lord over them and say, Lord, you say that you desire that none shall perish, but all shall inherit eternal life. Thank you for saving my babies. Thank you for convicting my kids. Right? You begin to release that in the spirit of God. Spirit of God is waiting with anticipation to say, finally, finally, someone that says their mess is a magnet for the glory of the Lord to hit. No. And it doesn't matter how dark you feel like your heart is, because the earth was formless and void, and the Lord still released light. And light always defeats darkness. And nothing's changed. Hmm. Nothing has changed. 2,000 years ago, he raised from the dead, and that has not changed. 
Right? Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Which means his character hasn't changed. So you need to hear that. His character has not changed. His character will not change. We know people whose character has changed. We know people who's had character lapses. His will not change. Right. <laughs> He's still walking with us even when it doesn't feel like it. He's still drawing the masses even when we feel ugly. And He's still waiting for order to be brought to our chaos because He's still resurrected. He is still resurrected. And I think the Lord is just waiting for a church. I'm telling you, I think the Lord is just waiting for a church. And I don't mean like River City, I mean a church, a, a group of people. He is waiting for a group of people to say, you know what? He's resurrected. I'm resurrected because I get to walk in the power of resurrection. I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but I live in him. I have Christ in me, the hope of glory. I'm going to live like he defeated death, hell, and the grave. I'm not going to live like I got defeated by some nasty word that someone said about me. I'm not going to live like I got defeated by what happened with my children because I'm, I'm telling you, and I'm not negating when these bad things happen. I'm just saying he's really, really good and he's really, really mighty and powerful and he's waiting on a company of people to begin to follow him and he's waiting on a company of people to actually believe what he says. Amen. It's, and it's like, like how, how do I stay positive when all this stuff's going on? Like, and, and I'll be honest, like it's sometimes it's harder than other times. But I, I think it's just like just doing this. There are days when I get frustrated. There are days when I get brokenhearted. There are days when I'm just like, oh, come on. But I still go, Lord, I don't understand. I'm frustrated. I'm angry. But you're good. Amen. <laughs> and there's some days i got to say that over and over and over. Yeah. Before something begins to shift in my heart. And when I feel that shift, it's funny. Like, you're just good. You're good. You're good, Lord. You're good. You're good. And that shift becomes, begins to happen. And I begin, I begin to pray in faith instead of praying out of anger. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I say praying out of anger like, there's a difference between praying for people and praying at people. <laughs> Get them. <laughs> you know, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> but when I did that, I felt like the, the Emperor Palpatine, too, by the way. But, but it's like, Get, no, no. It's like, Lord, show them how good you are. Oh, overwhelm them right now. The room that they're in, Fill it with your presence. Yes. Fill it with you to such a degree that it's almost suffocating, yeah. God. Let them know that you're there. Yeah. And Lord, if I need more patience, if you need to potter my heart so that I can pray for them the way that you want to pray for them, then would you just go ahead and potter and shape me and mold me so that I can do the thing that you want to do. I want them to change God, but I really want you to change me so I can love them 
in the way that you want them loved because if I love them the way that you want love, maybe they're going to transform into the person that you want them to transform into. Does that make sense? Like never ever pray at people. It's the same today, yesterday, and forever. Hmm. So here's, here's the question. Is how do we live with the awareness that his resurrection is present tense? How do we live with the awareness that he's still resurrected? Verse 32, it says, so they're walking with Jesus. And they say, verse 32, I'm going to skip ahead in the story. It says, they said to one another, were our hearts not burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road? And while he was explaining the scriptures to us? Burning, it means ignited and consumed. Were our hearts not ignited when his presence came near? And what they're saying is, is that we had let our circumstances get so big. And again, I'm not negating circumstances. I'm negating the power that we give them. But we're not, we so distracted by what was going on that we missed the ignition that he was doing in our heart. Like, I don't ever want to miss that. And it's, and it's, and like, and, and I, I'm, I'm not standing up here as a person who has this, like, I don't have this down all the time. I'm doing my best. By his spirit, I'm doing my best. There's some days I do really good, let stuff just bounce right off of me. And there's other days when stuff that goes on eats my lunch. <laughs> it just eats it alive. And you know what I typically do when that happens? I'll be on like, I don't, I won't be left alone. I don't want to talk to anyone. I don't even want to talk to my family. I just want to be left alone. I want to isolate myself. And I want to throw myself a pity party for what's going on or for what I'm overwhelmed with. I've, I've preached this years ago in a sermon out of 2 Kings chapter 4. It's just, this just came to mind. But like, I love Animal Planet. Some of you probably heard me say this before. I love, I love watching nature documentaries. And I'll never forget several years ago, April was sleeping and I was watching and it showed these wildebeests, which are basically like African buffalo cow things. They're ugly. They're really ugly. <sighs> they are. But they, it's beautiful what they do. They move in these giant herds across the plains. And, and it showed this. And like every Animal Planet documentary is the same. <laughs> Especially when they get like in Africa, they'll show these great big pride, or these great big herds and they show a pride of lions, right? And I'll never forget watching and it showed it and then they kind of changed the music real subtly so you knew something was about to happen. Right? And it showed this lion like going around the edge. And the lion was looking for one that had, that had wandered away yep. from the group. Yep. 
what it does is it, it waits because in the group there's safety. In the group there's protection. But one wandered away just ever so slightly and the lion was able to get between it and the group. What happens oftentimes is we let our situations get so big, whether it's being offended at someone, and offense is a really one, literally offense builds offense, right? <laughs> Cheesy preacher talk, that was actually good. But offense, hurts, wounds, disappointments, frustrations, addictions, you name it. What it does is it separates us from the group. And why I'm sure, like in my mind, like I was thinking this way, it was like that, that buffalo, he reminded me of me a lot of my life. I do this on my own. I don't need anyone. I don't need them. <laughs> Forget them, right? And then they immediately, like they show the lion and they start to move and move and then they start running and then they quickly pan away because you know what's going to happen. And then, like they, then they, when they pan back, it's like the lions are sitting there and they're like licking their lips. <laughs> so you know that they, they got it. I think that if we begin to ignore that he's there, that it actually makes us a target for the enemy to come. And, and, and I can't remember where, if, if it's first or second Peter or, or Jane, like it's towards the back, okay? <laughs> like I know the word, I just don't have verses memorized where they're at sometimes. But it says that he walks around like a lion, lion waiting to devour its prey. Some of you can tell me that and school me later. That's okay. But if you aren't aware that there's this thing that's trying to draw me near to him, if I'm not like that, I get become easy target for the enemy. And then I can be in a room like this and feel totally disconnected. And I'm not saying this room has it all figured out. That's not what I'm saying at all. Don't hear that. I'm saying that you can totally miss what the Lord's doing because you miss, you miss the ignition, if you will. So, so the question is, how do, we, how do we become aware? I think we just need to live with the heart that's perpetually on fire. Amen. Yes. Well, what's the heart that is perpetually on fire? I think it's a heart that just says, I'm aware that you're always going to be risen from the dead. And that like sounds so silly and practical to me. Like I feel I, I wish I could tell you something much more intelligent sounding. I just want us to live like he's resurrected. Come on. <laughs> Verse 34, I love this. Verse 34, they finally, you know, they they said, "Were our hearts not burning?" And then verse 34 they say, the Lord really has risen and appeared. How does that happen? They became aware of what he was doing. They became aware of what he's doing. And so this is what I'd like to do. I'd like, Logan, why don't you just... Thanks for listening to this week's message. The goal of River City Hope Church is to provide as many resources as we can for free. If you'd like to support this ministry, go to HopeForRiverCity.com. Again, that's Hope, the number four, RiverCity.com.